It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And welcome back in our number two of the program here on Thursday. And uh, as we were talking about in the first hour and yesterday, there is a proposal being put forth by the city council that will be voted on tonight. It was it was uh, put forth by Councilor-at-Large Shane Burgo, co-sponsored by Councilor-at-Large Brian Gomes and by Council President Linda Morad. Tonight, the city council will vote whether or not to put a question on the November ballot, the November city ballot, about whether or not the citizens would support rent stabilization. Not a rent control situation where rents would be capped at a certain number, but rather a rent stabilization proposal where it would be capped at a certain percentage of how much a rent can be raised from lease year over lease year. And we've talked a lot about it from the perspective of the uh, renters. We've heard from a few landlords, but I wanted to bring on a person who has run for office in New Bedford, has ran for the city council before, and who is a property owner in the city with multiple residential dwellings and who would be somebody who would feel the effect of this. And is also, unlike some of the um, some of the landlords that uh, you know would be affected by this, she is a city resident as well. So joining us on the line, we have Lisa White. Good morning, Lisa. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Tim? Doing all right and good to talk with you. Uh, this is something that, uh, you know, when this came out, when this proposal was made on South Coast tonight the other night, I, I saw that you'd already had, had posted that, you know, you had some different feelings about how this how this would go. So I wanted to have you come on and be able to share some of those with us. So what when you heard about this proposal from Councillor Burgo and what was what was planned, what was your first thought about about this proposed rent stabilization? That it was irresponsible. Uh, and let, let me um, let me explain that a little bit. Um, what's the first thing that a landlord is going to do when they hear rent control? Because that's you can say rent stabilization or you can say anything you want. It's it's a form of rent control. Uh, the very first thing that a landlord is going to do is panic raise. They're going to panic raise the rent. Uh, you you probably know better than any of us the tendency of people to to only read the first couple of lines of a story and and you have a large amount of misinformation getting out there and let's not forget that rent control uh as a whole is is prohibited at the state level yes uh in fact the the exact wording in the mgl says that any um, municipality that enacts any form any form of rent control will be responsible to the property owner for the difference between fair market rent and the controlled rent. Okay. Now, according to, I, I take in a lot of rental applications. Um, uh, if I average out the, the last 3,000 applications, the average New Bedford resident pays about $926 in rent. So the difference between, if you just take a two-bedroom, a two-bedroom fair market rent right now is $1,282. Those are numbers published by HUD. You know, you're talking about an average of $300 a month per unit. There's 43,000 units. I mean, you're talking about an expense to the city of, what, $120 million a year? 
Yeah, that's. I mean, that's why they would have to have this home rule petition to try to get past that that 1994 um, measure. But do you do you do you think that that would be something that um, you know if if it got to that point where uh, the the legislature looked at it, would they look at it as being like this is this is what this might have to be the only way you can get this done? I I, I just I don't see it happening. Uh, it would have to first be passed at the state level, and it hasn't been. So. I feel like this is getting people's hopes up. I mean, I can, I can, we always see this in in election years too, you know? (laughs) Let me, let me ask you this because this was a conversation I had with a landlord in the first hour where, and and again, this number was just the number that was thrown up by Councillor Burgo on, on on his appearance on South Coast tonight. But he said, you know, maybe it's capped at 30%. And the question that I asked was, you know, do you see with the increase in property tax or the, you know, in property valuation, meaning the tax still goes up, even if the rate doesn't, uh, with, you know, water bills going up, sewer bills going up, all the things that you were responsible for, would you say that there's times when you do have more than 30% uh, increase in your own costs from one year to another? Um, would I say I, it's possible um, if you were to refinance, let's say, refinance your, your loan, which if a building has more than five units, it's going to be financed with a commercial loan. Those have to be refinanced at minimum once every five years. They have to be. So it, it is possible, especially because a lot of the uh, owners around here would have gotten in with, uh, you know, 4% interest. It could be that when they when they adjust that rate or when the uh, the loan is refinanced, yeah, it could it could definitely um, you know if you if you refinance from four percent up to an eight percent, that that affects the payment drastically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the another thing that would um, really hurt uh, landlords is a, an ordinance like that that says even if even if it's capped at thirty percent. What about the turnover? What about the tenant that has been a resident for, let's say, 20 years and their rent, the amount of rent that they pay reflects that. So they're paying maybe $600 a month. I have a few tenants like this. And when they move out, you want to be able to adjust that, that $600 up to fair market rent. So, you know, you want to be able to bring that $600 all the way up to, you know, potentially even $1,200, which is fair market rent for a two bedroom. But you were, you wouldn't be able to do that. Even if that that unit was vacant, you see what I mean? Because you yeah. capped. Yep. No, that's a that's a fair point. I, I wonder if there would there would have to be. I would think, you know, some sort of an exception for that in there. Uh, when when you and obviously I know you. I've talked to you about um, home ownership and rentals before. We've had in depth discussions here on the program and off air as well. You know, you're not somebody that is looking to price gouge with some of these rents. How would you characterize at least in in your um, kind of cursory view of, of the, the rentals in the city, do you would you see, see that as being a problem, that there is price gouging going on, or do you see it more as the rental market is just adjusting to what it's costing these landlords to be able to own these properties? Um, personally, I don't, I don't think that it's price gouging. I think that, um, I think a lot of the, the units that are being offered right now are either new builds you know, newer construction, and anybody who's been in construction or around construction or even has gone to Lowe's in the last year can tell you the price The price of materials is through the roof right now. The price of labor is through the roof right now. The price of, you know, any services that you get done, and it takes services, materials, and labor to build buildings. That's, I mean, that's the end of the day. Um, appliances, the cost of everything has gone up drastically over the last few years. Um, so... 
I, I don't necessarily think that, that there's a there's a big um, big portion of people who think that landlords uh, are in this kind of get rich quick scheme, and and that's just not the reality of it. Um, there's a lot of months where where it's just break even or even lose money for landlords, especially when you have um, a really, really lengthy and difficult eviction process, which we do in Massachusetts. So that adds to the cost. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's being characterized as, you know, there's there's a lot of landlords who are taking advantage of situations and, and raising rents to astronomical prices. But I don't I don't know that that's necessarily the, the, the case across the board, especially when you do have landlords in the city who live in the same building that they're renting out these apartments in or live down the street from those buildings. And, you know, they're, they're part of the community as well. And they understand what people are going through. It, it is just kind of the reality of the economy right now that the rental prices are are at a price that a lot of people are having trouble meeting or having a trouble, you know, if they're trying to get out of the situation they're in and move to somewhere else, they're not, you know, they're not able to, to get together all the, the money that they need to be able to do so. That's just, it's the nature of the market, which I think is what Councillor Burgo is trying to fix. Um, but at the same time, it's something that I think that the landlords should have a say in how it gets done. Oh, absolutely. And and another thing to, to, to really think about is for the last about three years, approximately 10% of our properties have changed ownership. Okay. Each time you have an ownership change, you're going to have an inevitable rental increase. But let's just take the pure numbers here for a moment. Uh, the average three family, uh, building in New Bedford is selling for what? $450,000. And that, that seems really high compared to just a few years ago, but that, that's the reality of it. So your payment, the mortgage payment on, um, on that much is going to be what thirty thirty four hundred dollars, and that's with a sizable down payment. So in order just to break even, just to break even, we're not talking about maintenance, utilities, property taxes, nothing. Just to break even, you're talking about rental rates of eleven hundred dollars or more across the board. Now, if the owner lives in one of those units, now the other the other units are going to have to go up, um, but. The majority of these properties, if they're not purchased for owner occupancy, they're purchased as income properties. They're not purchased as as charity. Right. So it is expected that those rents are going to cover the expenses. And if you put a cap on them or if you try to stabilize them or you try to um, control them in any way, you're basically you're basically taking away the ability for people to invest in in our local area. And, and that's a scary, a scary thought. If people wanted to uh, to stop doing that, because we've had um, we've had a lot of people recently interested in the area and a lot of revitalization, even though, you know, um, the country has kind of slowed down and kind of shown the uh, the signs of recession. But we're still doing well here. If you take away the incentives that people have to invest their money here in the South Coast, it could be a very dark time for us. Do you, do you think it's possible that there could be a solution that would be a way instead of, you know, capping the landlords on this, maybe finding a way to help give people assistance to be able to move into these homes? You know, not not paying for their rent, you know, not being able to, um, you, know, you know, not having to subsidize what it is that they're paying or or give them free rent or any of those things, but instead help them with these differences. And then that's something that, the, you know, they're responsible for paying back like a short term loan. No, I mean. If you have to take out a loan to pay your rent 
unless there's unless you have a plan in place for for making more money in the future, it's not that's not sustainable. It's not it's not sustainable. What I do think um, one of the principal problems is uh, you'll see developments, not very many. We should be you know trying to build more, but new developments their rents are at two thousand dollars a month. Okay, well in order to qualify for an apartment that costs two thousand dollars a month, you're going to need a, an annual income of seventy two grand. Okay, the average New Bedford resident makes about twenty nine grand. See, this is a big problem. We're not even building these units for the people who live in New Bedford. So, so how do we how do we bridge that gap? Well, I don't know. Why don't we try to bring up our residents rather than trying to build units for Boston? Right. You know, if if we try to, why don't we um, why don't we give people loans to go back to school, and then they would have the ability to make those those payments. But if you're just giving someone a temporary loan to pay their rent with no way of of increasing their earning potential, you're just setting them up for a future failure. Sure. And sorry, and, I misspoke. I meant more for for getting them into the you know the to get them the first last security situation. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, again, I, I don't necessarily think that um, that should be a government thing. I think that uh, more landlords. And I'm probably going to catch some flack for this, but more landlords should consider taking payments on security deposits. Of course, that's going to require um, a little bit of um, uh, adjustment to the security deposit laws mm-hmm. in Massachusetts. But if if you're able to make, let's say, $100 a month payments toward that security deposit, it's going to make moving into a new place easier. Sure. Do you want to try and take a phone call here? We have somebody that's on the line. Sure, absolutely. Let's see if uh, we can make this work. Good morning. You're on with Lisa White. Hello. Hello. How you doing, sir? All right. Did you have a question for Lisa? Yeah, I think that's a lot of bull. <laughs> really, right. I do. I be- only because you got more money than God, and you've got property. I'm gonna have to leave my apartment because landlord just raised my rent another three hundred dollars. I'm so, I'm on a fixed, so I'm on a fixed income. So throw me to the curb because I'm not, I'm not doing anything for the city. There's got to be something stupid here. I just, I just feel, all right, I just feel that, you know, landlords, they got the whole thing to do and I understand. But 99% of the people that live here are on welfare of Section 8. And the I, that's not an accurate statistic at all. Oh, yes, there is. No, it's okay. not. It's not accurate at all. Bullshit. All right, you're done. Um, he does bring up a good point. There, We do have, we do have a, um, I, I wouldn't say 99%, but we do have a portion of our residents, and they are on fixed incomes. And, and what happens when, they're, when the rents are raised beyond their abilities? And that's a, that's a real problem that we need to solve. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I don't deny that. I don't deny that the people here yeah. who, who have X amount they can pay, but 99% are not on, you know, Section 8 or, uh, or on subsidized rent. So uh, one other one question I'll ask you before I let you go, Lisa, and I talked about this with the previous landlord. Do you see the need for maybe with, with um, Councilor Burgo having this coalition that he's put together of people who are looking into this particular issue, as well as also having the home group, which is looking for helping people with housing. Uh, do you see a need for some of the landlords to kind of get together and, and form their own coalition as we go forward with this question? I think, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the, the, the home uh, coalition, the housing coalition, I can't take it seriously because they didn't invite any housing providers. I, how, 
how are you going to say that you're trying to make a difference when you aren't inviting to the table the people that are that have the resource that you need? Why do we need a separate coalition? Invite us to the table. Invite the housing providers. Invite the landlords. It's kind of crazy that nobody reached out to any any landlord I've spoken to. Not a single one of us has gotten a call to come to any of these meetings. Not even one of us. And you can't, you're not going to convince me that you're trying to do anything at all if you're leaving them out, you know? Sure. I, we got one more call that, that came in, so let's take that before we let you go, if you can. Uh-huh. Let's see. You are on with Lisa White. Hello. How you doing, buddy? All right. Well, you have a question My, for Lisa? Well, I got a point to really come across with, uh, there's a lot of landlords out there, right, that when you tell your landlord that you're applying for Section 8, they tell you what to put down for the max rent that you're paying now, all right? And they're making people push fraud because now you're, you're paying, I'm paying 675 where I'm at, okay? Now the landlord knows I'm going to apply for Section 8 to help me out because I'm on disability. I'm disabled. He's telling me, don't know, don't put that down. Put down this amount. Put down 900 so I get the max. So a lot of people are getting, you know, scammed like that by already having their Section 8 pushed to the max. There's no more room for the increases, okay? And then it doesn't help the tenant. Then you get the other part where the city, okay, can't look at the rental properties and give them landlords a little tax break because they pay a higher rate already or something. Like, give them a little break on just the rental properties, all right? That would help relieve some of the rent. Instead of raising the the property values all the time, you know, if the landlord lives in the house, then fine. He owns it. Then that property should still go up because that's his personal house. All right. But if you've got a six-family home and you're just renting it out, all those people are affected by when those taxes raised up, especially the 25% a few years back or a couple years back, they just went up with 25% property value on you know. That didn't increase the taxes. Yeah, it did. The following year, it increased the taxes, and then my rent went up. Sure. No, I so, mean, and and Lisa, I'm sure that's something that you would you would be interested in pursuing the idea of having some of those those situations like where. To, not at all. I'd like not to at know all. what do you do? What do you do against a landlord that is telling you that no, I want you to put the max down. What's well, for, the procedure? For one, that's discrimination. So if you have. Um, you have a is landlord. It on, it's, char- not, it's not discrimination. It's really fraud. I mean, I don't no, mean to cut well, you off, but it's like fraud. Well, um, technically, a landlord is allowed to charge different rent to different tenants unless one tenant that's charged a different amount than than other tenants is receiving public assistance. And so that that would be a form of of illegal discrimination. So yeah. there is a way to. Um, to let the Item. state know and have them investigated, you go on mass.gov. Um, or I'm sorry, mass.gov, and you go to the uh, general uh, attorney general's computer. office, and you can file a complaint. I'd have the, to look up the attorney general's number then, because I don't have a computer, and I'm not computer savvy. So yeah, it's easy. It's easy enough to find. Yeah. The um, the other thing is, you know, you're, what you're suggesting um, is trickle down economics. Oh, we should uh, we should give tax breaks to the to the people that have the assets and the money because then they're going to in turn turn around and and give those those breaks down to their tenants. Can and you, I'm sorry, but that doesn't can happen. You, 
But kind of like we do to businesses, they give them tax breaks, is, you know, because of, you know, I mean, it's we give tax breaks to businesses to keep them in the area, you know, because they're employing tons of people. Yeah, and it's... So now it's like all these landlords are basically like together. It's like a business in my eyes where if they own houses, but they don't live in them, those are, those are businesses now to them, okay? And, the, and you and want them profiting. to pay less. They I should mean, pay, I, they should, they should, it should be, should be a different bracket to a rental property than to a personal home owner's property. Like you own a house in Rochester, nice horse ranch, this and that. Yeah, you're going to pay a little, you're going to pay a higher bracket because it's your privilege. It's like a, it's like a, a luxury tax, okay? And then the income, the, the people that are, poorer that are living in these these properties that are being rented would be you know be able to stay longer or rent these properties and not have to pay seventeen hundred dollars and and caller i'm just gonna hold you there to get lisa's response just because i'm up against the break but thank you for the call thank you bye-bye i i think that what you'd find is um is landlords property owners um business owners employers corporations they have a tendency of taking care of themselves first before before trickling down those savings. So you know, I'm sure they would thank you for the uh, for the for the tax break, but I don't think that that would be reflected in rent. All right, Just well, honestly, <laughs> I thank you for joining us to give us some of the landlord's perspective, and of course, we'll we'll stay in touch with you as we continue talking about this issue uh, going forward. Thank you so much, Tim. All right, you have a good day. You too. Bye. And everybody out there, hang on. We will come back in just a few moments. I have to take a quick break. And when we come back, we can take your phone calls, 508-996-0500, or your app chat messages on the WBSM app. That WBSM app, by the way, is brought to you by our friends at South Coast Towing. They make it possible to have all of the really cool features on the app, including that app chat function. We'll be right back. Those crazy nights I do remember in my youth. I do recall those were the best times, most of all. In my head, I have a blue jean girl. Burning love, come once in a lifetime. She found me singing by the little trains. Took me home, we danced. just me maybe i've never been stone in love but i don't i don't i don't get that stone in love ah uh, well well it was a different time back then 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in uh we have uh, app chat as well if you want to send in a message on the wbsm app but uh, right now let's go to the phones good morning you were on wbsm oh sorry hello you're on the air good morning tim how are you bob i'm doing fine uh, I have uh, several pieces of income property, and when I have a good tenant, I do not raise their rent for sure because you have to go in. A lot of times, if you raise the rent, they get upset with you, and I'm tired about you. They get upset with you, and they 
make a mess of the place. You're going to go in there and spend thousands to get this thing back into good shape, you know? Yeah, which, I mean, I think that that's, that's terrible when people do that. I mean, I think you have a contract as a renter to make sure that you... You, you know, you have to keep up with the property. I mean, I yeah. I, I had an issue with my landlord where mm -hmm. uh, he felt that, you know, I felt that I wasn't a very good landscaper. You know, I could go out there and mow the lawn, but like I wasn't really good at trimming the bushes. And one summer I did it and I trimmed back too far. And so we had a conversation about it. And he said, you know what? I actually love doing that stuff. And, and I'm not I'm not opposed to coming down and him and his wife would come down, you know, beginning of the season, end of the season, they would just spend the day cleaning up the bushes and the hedges and all that stuff. And then I just had to kind of maintain it. And he said, I'm, I'm glad that you would rather tell me that than to have me not realize that, you know, that stuff was getting out of control. Exactly. So, yeah. and then you know, by watching him and doing it with him, I was able to learn and then I was able sure. to do it myself. Yeah. Like I say, when you give a good tenant, keep them there and don't raise the rent. Absolutely. Because it costs you a lot more money if they move out and you have to go in there and redo the entire place. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank That's you for the good. call. Thank you. Have a good day. 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM. Hello. What's on your mind? Stone in love. Yes. Means you fell really hard like a rock. Ah, Stone okay. in love. Now it makes sense. There you go, Tim. Yeah, if I thought about it more, I probably would have figured it out. But thank you for, for the insight. And uh, again, maybe maybe I haven't ever fallen that hard. I guess. <laughs> really? There's still time. That's, that's sad. No, Every, everyone should fall that hard at least once. My my wife, I told her the very first day that I met her. Uh, I met her in high school, my freshman year. She was a sophomore. And I got her phone number, and I told her that night on the phone after we'd been on the phone for like eight hours. I was like, I'm going to marry you someday. And and years later, we did. And, you know, it didn't work out, but we were married for 20 years. So, um, but, you know, that's maybe that's the closest I've come years to Stone and Love. You threw the towel in? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's very sad. Well, we're better off this way. We, we get along so much better now. Well, then I don't see why you couldn't have stayed together. Hey, you listen to the show every day. Would you want to live with me? Probably not, right? Well, <laughs> I don't think so, but maybe I could probably handle you as a roommate. I don't know, even as a roommate. But my dog has grown to resent me over the years. <laughs> well, I've grown to resent you myself over the past year. <laughs> well, hey, that's life. All right. Thank you for the call. You have a good day. You too, Tim. 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM. Oh, you got to turn got to turn the radio down. Hello? Hello, you're on the air. Tim, Gilly Safiolis. Hello, Gilly. How you doing? What's on your mind? Well, I heard Brian Gomes called in. Mm-hmm. Okay, may I say what, ha what happened last night? Uh, sure. Okay. They got a meeting here that he called... And he had the state police there. He had the chief of police going on and on and on. Well, he's on the chair. And he's on the phone while the chair, the meeting's going on. Okay? And he's leaning over. We thought to the uh, consular being, um, Lima had to say point of information. Because he wasn't running. He's on a phone. He's not supposed to be on the phone when he's running a meeting. And he was asking questions. Before the city councilors can ask questions. 
Well, as, as he mentioned when he called, he said that it was his daughter that called and that he will always take a call from family. What, should he have paused the meeting or excused himself? What would you like to have seen happen to take that call? Well, the, the proper way to do it is you have to get off the chair and put second in command like he did before. Because he, he got off a chair to go someplace and he called um, uh, uh, Ward 4 Council. Okay? Right. Um, Jesus. I forget Derek Baptiste? Yeah, De Derek. And he went to the chair and he walked out. He could have done the same thing. You don't take phone calls at the chair while a meeting's going on. Well, okay. I mean, as, as he said, you know, he thought he thought it was an emergency, so maybe this will be a lesson learned, and next time he'll do it the proper way. Find excuses or no excuses. They've been running the meeting really bad, and they didn't accomplish nothing, okay? And we have it on tape, even Linda Morad, where I got the sign, okay? Let me tell you something the problem there is. Kyle Felix was there videoing the, the thing. His phone went off. And Linda was trying to get Brian to tell him to shut the thing off. But Brian wasn't paying attention. At the end of the meeting, I addressed Brian. Okay? And he said to me, it was an emergency. It was my daughter. It makes no difference. The rules of Roberts overtake anything. Why am I how come I'm not allowed to answer a phone call if it was my daughter in the, phone, in the thing? They tell me to shut the phone off. Okay? But my main concern is, okay, what I did, I called them on the carpet, right? And if they, if you, everybody remembers correctly, Brian Gomes, way back, he came over to Mason. They lived on Phillips Avenue mm -hmm. when they were talking about Maria Giesta having to do with the school turning to apartments. He came over and threatened, after the meeting was over, he came over and threatened Mason in front of um, Mayor Kalis at the time was sitting there in front of me and all. Maria Giesta even called the cop that was in the, in the thing to come over, and he didn't come over. A city councilor can go over and threaten the constituent in the thing and nothing's done, but I take him to the floor. I called him because he wasn't running the thing right. I'm going to be... The bottom line is they're not running it. Everybody's sucking lollipops. They're all eating in the thing. Take the rules. Take the rules off the door. They only apply to Gilly Safiolas. Brian Gomes last night accomplished nothing. He tabled it. He was talking like he actually, Linda Morad, if you remember, there was an incident a little while back with Carlos when she rimmed him in the hallway in front of the cop. Right. He did the same thing to me last night. She actually well, told well, me to get out of there, okay? And then she, can, she went and asked, I don't know if I can use the ASS word. Uh, well, I mean, you spelled it. That's fine. Okay. She said to me in those words, and he put the F in the front, that I'm one of them. You know what I said to her? In front of the chief of police and everything, in front of Ryan Pereira, when God gave you teeth, he ruined the perfect ASS. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to just hold you there, Gilly. We well, will get it. But they shouldn't be running. Brian Gomes shouldn't. He, he just that. If they're going crazy over there, they think they're running. They're taking shots at constituents. We um, okay. we will have them both. They'll both be with me tomorrow. Uh, Councillor Gomes and uh, and Council President Morad will be with me tomorrow. So we can talk with them a little bit tomorrow about the the decorum of running a meeting and and, and if they think that he anything has changed. He one. He shouldn't be guess, asking questions from the chair before the council is in. That they, they should have first shot at it. He's supposed to talk after they're done. 
He right. was talking and he didn't know what he was saying. I'm just going to hold you there because I got some other callers that are that I got to get to. But thank you for the thank call, you. and you have a good day. And uh, let's take another qual- call quickly, and then I got to take a break. You are next on WBSM. Good afternoon, Tim. Hello. You, uh, Tim, are you there? I'm here. Yeah. Well, do you know what the problem is with uh, with a uh, rental uh, cost, the high cost of rents is that you have uh, large uh, private hedge funds who are investing a, a lot of money. And these uh, large real estate uh, investment firms that are making money off of uh, rental properties and and tenant and tenement homes. So for them, the jackpot is to make a lot of money. It's uh, they can profit heavily from subsidized uh, uh, rents, and that's driving up. Now, if you are a, a owner of your owner-occupied tenement home. Uh, this thing is going to punish those who live in their homes and, and they don't rip off their tenants uh, versus uh, large corporations backed by private hedge funds. They're going to make a lot of money off of uh, government subsidies. And so it's government subsidies that's driving up the cost of rents. And who gets, who gets punished? The, 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 uh, the homeowner who is, occupies his tenement home and, uh, and those in, in his rental property. So it sounds great on the service by Shane Virgo, but you're going to punish the, the owner-occupied, a lot of them elderly, uh, who uh, don't go up on the rent on their tenants. And, that's, and who's going to continue to make money hand over fist? Big uh, private hedge funds and large uh, real estate firms, a lot of them that are out of state. California, New York, making a lot of lot of bucks rolling in the dough, and you're going to shaft the little guy. So that's that's my my point All right. on that whole thing. Well, thank you for the call. You have a good day, Tim. You as well. I have to take a break. I am up against it. Uh, we'll be back in a few moments. No, here. W- good morning. You are next on WBSM. Hey, Tim. What's going on? How you doing? Hey, uh, not saying your show's not good or nothing, but. Uh, you know, your ratings would go through the roof if you could actually get Linda Morad and Brian Gomes in the in the chair. I know you got a couple of microphones in that booth. <laughs> I do. I do want to have. Uh, I do want to have Council President Morad come in sometime. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd say have both of them on. Why not have both of them in there? I mean, sure. you got a lot of callers. I mean that that aren't. I mean that. I mean they're not fans of them. You know what I mean? I'd, I'd love. To, I'd love to listen to that. I'd, I'd sit here with a bowl of popcorn all day long and listen to that. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that we will have them certainly come in, uh, depending on, you know, their availability. Uh, the only reason we don't take phone calls when they come on on the phone is because, you know, as I've mentioned yeah, before, you get two people on one phone line. It makes it really hard to hear. Yeah. Um, I really can't comment on nothing in New Bedford related. I mean, that deals with the, the city council and everything else. I'm not a New Bedford resident, so I don't really know. But um, I don't really think eating in the, in the chambers is, uh, is professional. Even if it is a lollipop, I mean, let alone chewing gum. And plus, they have a brand new city councilor that just got elected. You figure they'd want to show, you know, set a good example for this guy. Almost Ooh, like, you know, what if he's the one that brought in the candy? Maybe he's the one that did it. No, no, no I'm just, I'm, I, I'm just kidding. I'm totally I, kidding. I don't think I don't know. You'd have to ask Carlos, so I have him show you the video. You know, you, you actually <laughs> I, brought it in, but I, yeah, I mean, to, if you honestly ask me, I'd be like, well, if you've got a microphone that's supposed to be picking up what you're saying, don't don't have yeah. food in your mouth because don't it's only gonna it's gonna amplify the sound of you you eating. Yeah. I know yeah, because yeah, yeah. I'm in that business and I I can't oh, eat anything yeah. when I'm behind the mic. 
Yeah, I can hear your chair squeaking all the time, so I mean, I, I hear that enough, you know. You hear that, or you hear uh, this, the, you'll hear the uh, microphone arm. The, yeah. the chair squeaking drives me insane. I've been telling, tell, I told Barry one day to tell his producers, hey, hey get some, spray some WD-40 on that thing, will you? We, so I, I, I took over for Art Bell uh, with his internet show, and it was yeah. that was like the whole famous thing was Art Bell's chair would always squeak. So when they sent me all the equipment to use at my house, they sent me all of Art Bell's equipment, and everybody was asking me, like, did they send you his chair? Did you get the squeaky chair? Like, nope, I have my own squeaky chair. Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell everybody right now on uh, that's listening to go to go to the app, check out the, uh, or go on the website, WBSM's website, and check out that. Haven Firefighters uh, Sound the Alarm article yes. that Marcus wrote. Did a great job. I listened to him last night, and uh, it was a great show. I listened to all three hours, and you know it was a good. It was a good show. All right, I checked the podcast out too. So absolutely, yeah. All right, all right, Tim. Thank you so much. Bye. Have a good day. Yeah. I got one final break to take this hour. We'll be back in a few moments. There are going to go into the newsroom, but before that, look. Look at what a nice day it is out there today, right? And as we're getting into that better spring weather, now is the perfect time to have your replacement windows installed by Precision Window and Kitchen. So you probably felt some drafts around some of those windows over the winter, and you said to yourself, I'll take care of that in the spring. I don't want to have to have them take my windows down in the middle of the wintertime and let all that cold air in. And now is the time to get that done. Maybe you uh, are ready to start opening your windows and let some of that nice air come in, get some of that stuffy air out, but then you realize that your windows are scr- uh, your window screens are ripped. Well, they can take care of that too. And spring is also a great time to take to, to replace a fading roof. All of that can be done by visiting precisionwindowandkitchen.com, and they will be able to give you a quote on the job. You can also stop by their showroom at 1111 Cushion Avenue in New Bedford, but it's best to have them come on down to your home so they can see exactly what the job is all about. They can give you an estimate, and they can get the job done right. They've been doing it for over 35 years, so they know what they're doing. Visit them online at precisionwindowandkitchen.com to find out more. Again, that is precisionwindowandkitchen.com. Dot com. So as I said, we are going to take a break for the news. When we come back on the other side, we can take more of your phone calls at 508-996-0500. We can continue talking about this rent stabilization issue. If you would like, I've got some app chat messages that are coming in about it that we can discuss, some emails that are coming in about it that we can discuss. And of course, you can read more about it at WBSM.com and on the app. Marcus has the article up there and the interview he had with Counselor at Large, Shane Burgo. 